when I'm at Mike and Patty Street, I had a feeling like when I learned about the story and missing the free throw and consecutive free throw, you know, I was just a young kid, 18 years old, coming to Iowa. I was like, man, 34 really isn't that many free throws. Yeah. Like compared to my my standards, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like I could get to that point at some. Yeah, for someone like yeah. me, it's not happening. <laughs> Career in high school, 58%. Maybe 34 hook shots. Yeah, 34 own. hook shots. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to another episode of the Backroads and Bonfires podcast. This is a very exciting and special episode for myself. Uh, it's not too often that you get an awesome guest like this. Um, I'll say a few things about him first. This man holds the University of Iowa school records for three-pointers made, games played, assists, and free throw percentage, is fourth all-time NCAA history in threes made, and I could go on and on. Uh, a lot of accolades when I was reading uh, reading up on you. Um, but And like I said earlier when we made a video, he's being interviewed by a man who once scored 26 points on Clay Sunter Everly High School. So, uh, And if you don't know by now who I'm talking about, it is Mr. Jordan Bohannon. Jordan, this is awesome. I'm glad you're taking the time to do this. You probably got 30 other things better than this you could be doing, but thanks for making time. Hey, I'm glad to do this. Don't even think it's a worry of mine. I, awesome. I'm, I'm happy for to do this for you. You're very uh, quickly climbing the ranks of all-time Hawkeyes because you take time out of your day to make a video with me, <laughs> put on a camp, you're doing a podcast with me. I am sending you home with some homegrown beef from the farm, though. Hell so yeah, I was hoping if you, so. <laughs> if you like steak, some roast, some bacon, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Awesome. I'm looking so, forward to that. Right on. So you're here uh, in Elta, Iowa, and doing this with me because you put on a camp. Is this your first year doing these camps, or have you been doing them for a little while? Yeah, you know, I, I did one in West uh, Iowa City this last summer. Okay. That's um, something I, I kind of wanted to continue to do um, when I was these kids' ages that I'm working with. <laughs> on these past couple of days i remember going to camps when you know i was the same age and wanting to be just like those guys sure. that are either high schoolers or going to a, a college camp or even just my brothers i come up to my brothers because all three of them played division one basketball so yep. I, I idolized a lot of people growing up i wanted to be like a lot of people and i wanted to be in those shoes one day to be able to give back and provide inspiration to a lot of these yeah. kids that want to get better and especially the younger generation i think having a those role models as, as a younger a younger kid is so important for you know development and wanting them to do great things in life. Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, and it's something that these kids, I guarantee you, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, they'll remember it. I remember when I was, I don't know, probably 10 years old or something, over at uh, Buena Vista University College in Storm Lake, they always had an Iowa Hawkeye basketball camp, and uh, J.R. Koch just settles. This shows how old I am. <laughs> Those guys came when they were playing at Iowa. Um, Kenyon Murray made an appearance once. What a wild turn of events that was, what his kids turned into. Holy right. moly. Um, 
But yeah, so that's awesome. These, I mean, these kids, they'll remember this forever. So it's awesome that you do that. Uh, speaking of your brothers, I'm going to throw out a name. I want to see if you know this person. Let's do it. Your brother, Jason, yep. was a teammate in high school with a very good basketball player and one of my college roommates, Drew Olmstead. Drew, no way. Are you kidding <laughs> yes, me? Yes, you know the Olmstead family? Yes, Olmsteads. Yes, Drew Olmstead, still a good friend of mine to today. Uh, Drew and I, we absolutely ran the intramural courts <laughs> at UNI. He's a good ball player. Yeah, he most definitely probably could have played, I don't know, D2, something like that maybe. Uh, me, had no basketball offers. <laughs> More of a football player myself, but did have some good old man post moves. But me and Drew, Drew would usually go about 8 for 10 from 3. I'd get about 14-0 boards, dish it back out to him. <laughs> and then we had some good role players. But yeah, the old uh, pride of Mary and I with Drew Olmstead. Yes, that is such a small world, yeah. man. That's crazy. It's funny because every time I'm out in Western Iowa now, I'm spending more time out here because my girlfriend lives out here. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how small of a state this truly is. Yeah. Which I, this is why I love it so much. Being an Iowa kid, I went to University of Iowa as my dream school. And then coming back here and, you know, we're talking about this camp. And then I'm meeting all these new people like yourself. And I'm hearing people that know people yeah. that know people. And I'm like, this is really <laughs> just a big family state. It truly yeah. is. It's awesome. And I, I do remember being in college and we'd be sitting around watching games in the dorm room in the winter. And I'd ask him about, you know, playing with your brother and if coaches were coming to school and stuff like that. And he said he was talking about all the other Bohannons down the line. And I do remember him mentioning you saying the youngest one is pretty good. So we'll see someday. <laughs> Turned out all right for you. Yeah. That, that, their high school team, man. Jason's, they were stacked. They were I'm obviously I'm biased, but their high school teams were one of the best teams I've ever seen play in high school. Yeah. And on top of Jason, he was such a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he had like a 41 inch vertical. Yeah. I mean, he was dunking on people in high school. He was like, he like, I feel like he started a huge movement for mm -hmm. Iowa kids who want to do great things, whether it's basketball or any other yeah. sport. So, but yeah, like was, I said, I'm biased. <laughs> hey, he was, I was in high school and he was, I remember watching the state tournaments on TV. He was. He was quite the player. Yeah. There's a lot of buzz around him. And I uh, I was at Drew's wedding. I don't think your brother was there, but I did meet and have quite the night with Andy Kempel. Oh, he's an animal. <laughs> Let oh me tell you what. I, uh, I should not try to have tried to keep up with him. He's a wild <laughs> man. Large human. Large, Very, yeah. very large human. So it was fun getting to hang out with some of the boys from Linmar Marion High School. They're good dudes. Linmar <laughs> breeds some, uh, yeah. some special people and some funny personalities, that's for sure. Oh. All right. So you've, I mean, you've done hundreds of interviews. I'm not going to ask you, I'm going to try not to ask you a bunch of the same old boring interview questions. This is going to be more of a fun one. Um, so the first thing I want to throw at you, you are a, you're a small white three point shooter mm -hmm. in terms of college basketball. I feel like two ingredients to being a hated college basketball player, white three point shooter. Yeah. It's probably because a lot of times you have absolutely stuck a dagger in the hearts of the uh, other team's fans. But I was so because of that, you've probably heard some terrible things. You've, I mean, I follow you on social media. I follow sports, social media. You get a lot of hate when you're playing. Um, what is your opposing fan base? That was the most vile or the most mean and which arena did you enjoy playing in the most? Uh, first answer for worst fan base. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say Iowa State because I've met, I've met so many great Iowa State people. So I have to say Illinois because they just are brutal to me on mm. social media for whatever <laughs> reason. I don't know what – and I haven't even been playing – I didn't even play that great against them my later years in, life, in, in uh, at Iowa, my mm -hmm. junior, senior, 
senior, senior, senior, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> senior years. Uh, but for whatever reason, man, they were just on me nonstop. So uh, I have to say Illinois. But my, the, my favorite place to play, that's that's hard because Big Ten all have their own special mm-hmm. like feel towards the arena. Um, Hilton is great in Iowa State because of how violent their their student section is. Oh, I yeah. love playing in that. Oh, yeah. Um, Indiana is great. Michigan State's great. Illinois is insane. Illinois has, like, the most bizarre conditions. People don't realize this, but, like, how the balls are inflated, basketballs are inflated, and, like, the court, like, if it's slippery or not, if the rims are tight, if the nets are, like, thick and short or long, that plays a feel into, like, how you are playing. And yeah. I don't know what it is, but every time I played in Illinois, it was just very, very hard to make a shot and very, very hard to dribble the ball. Yeah. Because they inflate their basketballs. The court is – there's dead spots everywhere. And people might think this is, like, excuses I'm making, but no, this is, like, real-life stuff. Like, yeah. other my friends in Big Ten that I played against throughout the um, my career, they all say the same thing. Like, there's sure. different places you don't like playing because the court's slippery, the rims are tight, they inflate their basketballs. Like, that little stuff is <laughs> – it's fun looking back on that, though, now. Yeah. Yeah, Illinois, that became quite the rivalry. I'd say the last four years, maybe three years, when Kofi came in. Um, what was his name? Uh, plays for the Bulls, not the Bulls now. Dasun. Uh, uh, Io, uh, Io Dasunmu? Is that his name? Why am I spacing how to say it? I wasn't. A, I know. He's a. Yeah, he plays for the Bulls. He's yeah, I wasn't. A, I, I did not like him. Io Dasun. Something like that. I was not a huge fan of him. Um, I don't I just didn't like Illinois players in general. Uh, that was some some fun games. One of my most fun games I ever watched was when uh, Connor and that guy were face to face, and that was a wild, wild ending intensity. And Hawks pulled out the dub. That was exciting. Yeah. I, well, that was a year actually. I wasn't there because I just had yeah. hip surgery, and so I took my medical red shirt. And man, it was killing me because that game. If they would have won that game, they would have been a top four seed yeah. in the um, Big Ten tournament. But it ended up not happening anyway because yeah. of COVID that yep. year. So it was just a crazy year all involved. But that was a, that was an interesting year for me just because I wasn't really at a lot of games. Yeah, and that like, would be weird. And I was like, I like I like confrontation a little bit yeah. on, on the oh, floor yeah. when you're playing basketball. So like, it killed me not being there for my boys <laughs> on the court. So that was hard to watch. You ever uh, – that makes me think of two things. First of all, that season that got canceled right before March Madness – I just had this feeling the Hawks were going to make a deep run. They played like seven guys all year. Yeah. You were out. Uh, I think Jack got hurt. Yeah, CJ was um, hurt a little bit. Yeah, CJ was hurt. And so it was just Luca and Connor and the, the most guys they could. I mean, they just did the best they could. I mean, uh, Riley got a lot of play. Yeah. And I don't know, for some reason I had a feeling like Luca was just going to throw the team on his back and they were going to make a run. Then yeah. COVID ruined everything. Yeah, it, that bummed me out. I have a funny story for COVID. People, I yeah. don't think I've ever told this story. Actually, All right. breaking um, news here. Yeah, this the is breaking news. Unfires podcast. Well, this just goes to show how crazy of a year this was. Yeah. And so I traveled to the Big Ten tournament. And obviously, I was wasn't playing. So um, I, I roomed with Jack Nungeon. He was my roommate because he and him, him and I kind of got hurt at the same time. We took our red shirt and sure. we built a really special bond because of that. Yeah. Um, I can touch that on later if we have time. But yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because we're in the hotel room and we're getting ready to play or we're getting the, the next day is going to be when we play the first round. So we went to go watch Minnesota and Rutgers, I believe, was in the first round game. And 
um, or Nebraska, and Fred Horberg had the whole incident where he had the, oh, the flu and yeah. he was on the court side, <laughs> like sweating, and they shut down the whole arena, evacuated it after the game, and it was just crazy. And then the next morning we get up and I, I go in the Ryan Creener and Riley Till's room, and it's me, Ryan Creener, Jack Nungy, and we get like a uh, on a tweet notification saying NCAA Division One or has canceled all sports and seasons and Man. Big Ten conferences shutting down. Everyone's shutting down. Yeah. So all the sports are canceled throughout the year, and it was funny because we <laughs> it's like twelve thirty in the afternoon, and they're like, "Well, what do we do now?" And we haven't been called to the meeting yet. We're waiting on the meeting just to figure out our flight details to get back home, and we're like, "Should we go get some alcohol and <laughs> go across the street?" <laughs> So we went to the liquor store. Drink our and, yeah, and we went to the liquor <laughs> store, and there's four of us, and I think a couple others joined us too. And, and we had a couple drinks before we found out that we were not playing for the rest of the year. <laughs> Imagine if they switch it around, you get to go play, right? You go play some ball with a buzz on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we knew at the time before it was like it was a done deal. It wasn't gonna yeah. happen. So we're like, well, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> oh man, it's good that they could, especially Creener. I th- was he the only senior? Was there other ones? Riley Till was too. Okay. So that was a big reason why when we were in the room together, like it was kind of they were like crying when it happened. Yeah, it was like brutal. Very, yeah, it was very emotional. Brutal. I was there with Jack Nunji. Me and Jack Nunji were playing to keep playing, obviously, because yeah. we took a red shirt, and we were just watching all these emotions unravel because they were they're done, right? Sure. All in a matter of seconds, and um, but we're we're kind of there, I think, for kind of a reason, trying to yeah keep up their spirits a little bit i think there is definitely a bigger pers- purpose for that moment yeah man what a bummer what a way to go out i mean it's i guess it's kind of worked out in a way uh creaner's having quite the career overseas yeah, yeah. man he's doing good he's playing well he just signed another deal in japan and um like i said he's one of my best friends and he's getting married this one next weekend so he, he's a character man he's a. I don't even know how to explain him. Anyone that's met him before can kind of understand what I'm trying to say, but he's just, he's a funny dude. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. He's a lot like me and he'll say whatever's on his mind. Um, So that's probably why we've hit it off so much. Sure. Um, Because of your, I just, I just thought of this because of your accolades as a three point shooter. And I was talking about how the, maybe the undersized white three point shooters tends to be a really hated by opposing schools was in your journey. Like, up the ranks in the NCAA as threes. Did you like anyone like awesome? You're like, holy crap, this person reached out to me, like talked to you or anything like JJ Reddick or yeah, anyone I, else. I wish JJ Reddick would. That would have been cool. But I, <laughs> I never ended. I didn't end up breaking his. I was like two okay. away or three away. Dang. So that never happened. Um, he's right above me. But, you know, John Diebler, I, was, I got really close with him yeah. um, during the COVID year when I broke, ended up breaking the Big Ten record. And uh, we actually did a little podcast together, and I got kind of close with him, and I enjoyed. I've, I've been enjoying my interactions with him. He's a really great dude, and just congratulated me right away. So, um, but there's a lot of kind of random people that reached out sure. to when that happened. Um, it, it's very memorable because yeah. I, I worked so hard to be a really good shooter, and yeah. you know people can say I've played six years or not, but I know that it, it took a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah, you can say six years, but you were hurt a lot of it. You got to look at the games played, not right. the years, yeah. probably. Yeah, Which what's not it? a lot of people do? <laughs> no, that's a rationale. Not a huge thing in America sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I want to get into uh, to some fun things here now. I uh, I have my Mount Rushmore of moments of yours as a hawk, and if you have your own, I mean, uh, it's kind of weird to have your own Mount Rushmore of yourself, but. Who knows? If you got some of your favorite moments, otherwise I'm going to list these. You can 
give some thoughts on them or elaborate as I list them. All right, my number four. You must love playing at Maryland mm. because February 25th, 2017, you go eight for 10. February 10th, 2022, you go 10 for 16 on threes. That's my fourth favorite moment. There's something about watching your favorite team just absolutely destroy someone and just the threes are falling left and right. What's it? I mean, what do those games mean to you? What do you remember of them? Yeah. Is it just like the hoop is this big? Literally. No, that's what I was about to say. The (laughs) hoop just, for some reason, there's some games as a shooter. Anyone that's a really good shooter knows that there's just some nights where you just feel like on top of the world. Whatever Mm -hmm. you throw in is going to go in. And at Maryland, for whatever reason, I always decided that I wanted to just kill them. And (laughs) Mark – Coach Turgeon and I got kind of close through Big Ten Media Days, and obviously I played against him a lot. And uh, we had a funny interaction our last Big Ten Media Day when I was a senior, and I went to go shake his hand, and he's like, dude, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. Just go away. <laughs> he's got nightmares of you. Yeah, but he's a great dude. Uh, but now that, that 2017 game we played, a lot of people don't know this as well. It was like Maryland's like Final Four night, so they have all like a bunch of Final Four. Oh, nice. Four, Final Four team go, come to the game, and it was a packed arena, and then by the end of the beginning of the second half, there was like no one in the arena. Everyone left because yeah. we were up by like twenty five. <laughs> so it was pretty uh, funny. Bad night for those guys to be back. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, that was awesome. Um, all right, number three for me. We talked about it when we were doing the video earlier. You're down twelve to Northwestern, February tenth, twenty nine. You love February, mm. February tenth, twenty nineteen. Two fifty to go. You're down twelve. You go off. You just start raining threes, and then you hit the buzzer beater to win. You remember that a lot about that game? Yeah, I remember how pissed off I was at the first half yeah. because I could not get anything going. I, yeah. I couldn't shoot the ball. I was I had a couple turnovers, and you know I was kind of getting down on myself. In the second half, I was you know I felt a little more comfortable, and that like last four minutes hit, and I was like, man, we're losing Northwestern at home, and it's like. 15 point game what are we doing right now it's february man like we gotta get yeah like, this is almost march madness time and yeah for other reason I, I got going quick and you know a lot of a lot of my memorable moments you got credit to a lot of my teammates because they always found me they knew like when i had to look in my eye and i wanted the ball they, they fed me right away mm-hmm. for a lot of my game winning shots i had for a lot of my games that i went off on that was a lot to do with my teammates mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people will uh I would say not the casual sports fan, maybe not under this, understand this. I don't know if you played sports, you'll understand it, or if it's just the more elite level athletes. But your teammates in that moment are probably like wanting you to shoot. A lot of people, a lot of casual sports fan are probably watching the game like, tell the guy to stop shooting, you can't make anything. But you got to have the mentality like they're going to start falling. Yeah. So just keep shooting. Like I don't care if, if there was a game when you went two for 15, I'd have been like, hey. I'm glad he kept shooting because three or four of those might have gone in and yeah. the Hawks could have won. Right. And yeah. I've always had that mentality. Like, yeah. my dad preached to me as a young kid and my brother is like the most important shot's the next shot. And that yeah. can like transfer to anything in life, right? Like, you have a bad day. Okay. The next yeah. best day is your tomorrow, right? Yeah. You got to keep moving forward, right step, right step, left, left step forward every single day. And yep. that was the mentality I wanted to carry on. I, I didn't care if I went 0 for, you know, 12. I wanted to, I'd rather be 1 for 13 compared to 0 for 12, right? Because mm-hmm. I, like, I shot one extra shot and I made it. Yep. So I want to continue to have that mentality. If it's basketball, I'm going to continue to have that. Same thing with whatever yeah. I do with the rest of my life. Yeah, yes, sir. All right, number two is uh, a moment that was very emotional for many people. My number two Mount Rushmore moment for you. You missed the free throw to keep Chris Street's record. And so you guys share it forever. What's going through 
your mind as you go to the line? Were you thinking about it before the game, like this might happen? Yeah. What's going through your mind there? Yeah, so before I got to college, and people were going to call me like a narcissist or whatever. Sure. I don't – like I'm cocky, but I knew coming in to – well, first of all, I'll back up real quick. Sure. Because I want to give a shout-out to Coach McCaffrey because he's made this like a huge culture yeah. change from the University of Iowa. He made it important for past former – players to be involved with the program yeah. and that included the Chris Tree family and he he from day one you meet Mike and Patty when you get on when you um when you step foot on campus as yep. a freshman so I met both of them and you know I gave him a hug and you know Patty's the sweetest person in the world Mike is Mike he's really funny and outgoing yeah. and very kind um so you meet them you came you get close with them you learn the culture of Iowa right you, yeah. you learn about the past the history what happened to Chris Tree what happened with the Final Four teams way long ago, yeah. all that stuff. You have to know that as a University of Iowa basketball player, and that's a lot of credit to Coach McCaffrey for teaching his players. Yeah, that. that's awesome. Yeah, so a lot of that had to do with me missing the free throw, but to take another back step. So when I when I was in high school, I knew I was always a really good free throw shooter. I, yeah. I shot 91% from the line through high school. So when I met Mike and Patty Street, I had a feeling like when I learned about the story and missing the free throw and consecutive free throw, you know, I was just a young kid, 18 years old, coming to Iowa. I was like, man. 34 really isn't that many free throws yeah. like compared to my my standards right yeah. like I feel like I could get to that point at some yeah for someone like yeah. me it's not happening <laughs> career in high school 58% maybe 34 hook shots yeah 34 own. hook shots <laughs> <laughs> but uh I I knew at some point in my career I could get there and um my sophomore year I was in Purdue and I was at like 22 in a row and I, I was feeling really good throughout that year I shot really well from three shot really good from free throw and you know, I was in my hotel room, and I, I remember texting my brother, Zach, and I was like, what's going to happen when I get to this point? Because if it's a close game, I can't miss it. You know, mm-hmm. like winning is the most important thing in yep. the world. Yeah. You know, that's what you're taught as a young kid, right? Yeah. And I didn't even think of that. What if it's a close game? Yeah. So yeah. that was a big, like, decision for me. Like, it wasn't a big decision for me, but that was a big thought in my head. I'm like, man, I don't want it to get to the point, and then I'm going to be called, like, a loser and a sucker for missing this, yeah. you know, free throw, and we lost the game because of it. So, you know, that was in the back of my head, and, you know, I remember Zach texting me, and I, I called him a bunch of times, and he's like, you know what to do. Like, you, what what were you taught? What were you raised right from your parents, sure. from our parents, and um, who do you believe in the most? And, that, and that's Lord and Savior, you know, yeah. Jesus Christ. And, I, and I, I hold true to that. And... You know, you're, I was like, yeah, it's not even a thought in my head. And if I get to that point, I have to miss it no matter what. No matter if it's a close game, no matter yeah. if we're up 30, I'm going to miss it. So, you know, fast forward about two weeks, we are at Northwestern, and I make my first two free throws of the second half. And um, then I get back to the line later in the game, and it's like a two-and-a-half-minute game left in the game, and we're only up like five. It's like five, six. And I'm like, this is everything I <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I was like praying. I was like hoping, God, just don't let this be a close game. Please yeah. don't let this be a close yeah. game. And of course, God made this a close yep. game. So here I am. I'm at hey. the free throw line, and He's I'm putting you through a through a nice little test. Exactly. He was testing me for sure. And um, but I truly believe that he was. And yeah. I, I think, well, to finish my story, when I, I there's a video of it, and to to back up, so I'm not making this up. But sure, I'm at the free throw line and. I get the ball and I'm at 34. I know I'm at 34 and I get the ball and I'm looking up. This is right before I got the ball and I'm looking up at my hands on my hips. I looked up and took a quick glance to my brother and he's on the, uh, he would be on the right side of my eye and okay. sitting in the family section. And, um, he knew what I was asking. Like, 
he, he I wasn't saying anything, but he knew what I was he asking. He had that brother connection. Yeah, and he was yeah. just nodding, like yeah. gradually nodding. Like that's all it took for me to have that certainty yeah. that I, I needed to do the right thing, and um, it ended up being a really memorable memorable moment. And I know that's your second one, but that's for sure my first sure. because of the the thought process behind it. I know yeah. it's not a big thought process, but it was. And I met so many incredible people because along the way I went on to St. Louis to sure. accept the Stan Muser Award because of it. And Mike and Patty were right by my side and we shared a long, long cry on that stage, yeah. a long, long cry when they watched the video before we got on the stage. And um, it, was, it was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. The bit and the Big Ten Network has done. Uh, well, they did an awesome Chris Street story, but then I think they did something on YouTube and that free throw and they do some amazing production on it and interviewing Mike and Patty and all them. And yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that's happened around, around you missing that. Yeah. It's, and the outpour of support I got, obviously there's always those losers out there that just have no grasp for reality. And yeah, um, I, I pray for those people because I hope they find grace in, yeah. in their life. But um, it, it frustrates me sometimes, whether that is through my free throw or something else in my life, but I know I have to keep moving forward. But mm-hmm. um, I, I had so much, incredible outpour support from you know i had letter i still have in my room i kept a huge folder i mean i have a folder probably this thick of Mm. letters and papers people sent me of um you know from like australia like Mm -hmm. new zealand germany spain like there's people all over the country that wrote me letters handwritten letters and i'm like that's crazy it was one of the most (laughs) i had i I get goosebumps talking about it now because if i ever had the chance to share some of those letters and see if it, it, it affects me moving on with my life because i know that you know god was testing me at that sure. point as, as simplistic as that sounded yeah. it truly was a moment for yeah. me to open my eyes and think about the bigger picture in life yeah and then i mean you missing it gives you all these people talking to you and all the coverage that came from it just gives you a bigger platform to you know be true to your faith and show who you are in christ and stuff like that yep. yeah yeah that was my goal all along and i, I hope you know basketball is always a great thing in my yeah. life but you know without loving something that's bigger than yourself sure you know there's really no reason to be living right yeah you have to have a purpose in your life you have to you know we're all trying to find our why but you have to try to find that why in your life to want to mm-hmm. keep moving forward and keep believing in that bigger picture amen to that all right i don't know how we can follow that i feel like i should have <laughs> put that as my number one but I, i'll just keep what i have written down here as number one um 2022 Big Ten tourney semis against Indiana. You bank in, I don't know, 30-foot or something like that with three-tenths of a second left, whatever it is. Hawks win or go into the Big Ten title game. That was no joke. I'm not making this up. I passed out from screaming. <laughs> no, you did not. I jumped off my couch. Uh, I remember I just went, j <laughs> And then I woke up on the floor underneath my TV. Blood rushed to my head, passed out from screaming. I get a little excited during Hawkeye sporting <laughs> events. <laughs> and so um, so you made me pass out. Congratulations. <laughs> What's – I mean, that's got to be – I can't imagine being in that on that stage and doing something like that. That has to be an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, it was – so I just had a nephew born like three days – it was about a week prior to the Big Ten tournament. Um, so and they were coming for the championship game. My brother texted me before the game. He's like, "We'll be there for a championship game." So and that was our semifinal game. I'm yeah. like, "Okay, <laughs> let's get going." That was before the Indiana game. So that's gonna fire you I, up. I had a good feeling like coming in the game. And, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Those last two minutes was great. I, we ran a couple of plays and ran to perfection. And it was the same thing we were talking about earlier. I just I had a I had a 
I always have a feel for wanting the ball late games. Yeah. And um, I always believed in myself late games. You know, a lot of people kind of shy away from that because they're afraid of the moment. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of missing the shot. They're afraid of what's going to happen after if they miss. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't care. I don't care what if I miss it. Okay, I can deal with the hate. Um, and I, I was so excited to get that ball from Connor McCaffrey. He tossed it to me, and I just got a little bit of daylight. And you guys, people that have seen me after I make it, it is like everything that you oh, do. Oh, the emotion comes yes, out. It's everything you do as a young kid. You yeah. run around, you start screaming. I did the same exact thing. I didn't know what to do with I didn't know what to do with my hands, as Ricky yep. Bobby says. And it was just a, it was it was an incredible moment, and my family was right there to witness it all, and that, yeah. that was the most important thing to me. Man, there is an amazing shot. Uh, maybe you've seen it. There's an amazing slow motion shot they do from behind of you making it, and it's like almost all Indiana fans behind that hoop. And there's one, you can see one yellow shirt, <laughs> like throw their hands up in the air and everyone else just like puts their heads down. It's such an amazing shot. Yeah. Well, it's not, I don't think it's talked about enough because we're playing in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. So the place is just filled with red. I mean, yep. we're going through warmups and we're looking up. We're like, what it is feels like an away game. Yeah, yeah. We're like we're playing an assembly hall basically yeah. right now. <laughs> yep. We have our one little family section over here. <laughs> behind our bench and there's just a scatter of yellow like hardly anywhere throughout the arena and it was loud that's one of the loudest environments i've ever played and after i hit that shot like i i feel like i had ringing in my ears before the purdue like the purdue game was tipping and that that felt loud but i'm like i still have like ptsd from last night (laughs) from how loud everyone (laughs) was screaming from back then but oh man that was amazing so amazing uh Thank you for giving me a, in a moment to note that I need to maybe relax a little when I watch sporting <laughs> events. Uh, I actually, that's actually the second time I've like kind of passed out. I, the first one was Stanzi to McNutt, the oh. game winning touchdown to beat Michigan State. So I had this thing growing up. I don't do this anymore. I don't know. As I've gotten deeper in my faith, I'm like, superstition is dumb. I'm not going to do yeah. this. If it's the Lord's plan for us to win this game, we'll win. Yeah. But I used to, all my friends, we'd watch the games at our farm back in the day, and I would go upstairs in my bedroom and watch it. Because every time I went up there, the Hawks would start coming back. Yep. And so I go up in the bedroom. Stancy throws the touchdown to McNutt. I have a bunch of buddies downstairs. I just sprint down the stairs of the farmhouse. I'm screaming and yelling. I get like three steps from the bottom. The next thing I remember is waking up at the bottom of the steps, and I'm just like in a daze. I passed out from the blood rush <laughs> in my head. It was a so that's happened twice to me watching Iowa games. So maybe I I need to chill. A little well, bit, that's maybe. a that's a passionate fan right there. It is. I uh, back when I wasn't the greatest human before I kind of got deep in my faith again. I I used to be one of those keyboard warriors who would get mad on Twitter. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not proud of some of the things I said when I was like 20 compared to now. Oh, you're young, but. I have grown up, I feel like, yeah. and gotten better. Well, as long as you can admit that and admit yeah. to move forward. I mean, we all make mistakes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the first one to make yeah. mistakes. I've, I've made mistakes in my life, but yep. I know as long as you keep moving forward, keep getting better each day, that's all that matters. Yep, right on. All right, here we go. Most athletic freak you ever played with? Athletic. Could be Iowa, could be next level. I played against this kid, some of you guys might know that's listening. His name is Diamond Stone when okay. I was growing up. He went to Maryland. He's uh, – he was a tall guy. I, I think I don't even know if he played there because he had. There's a huge like instances where Uh-oh. Adidas was paying people. Uh, I yeah. think he was wrapped around that. Um, but we played him in like eighth grade, and I'm I'm with my Limar High School team. Yeah, like we're playing in a Wisconsin Dells tournament against other elite AU teams, and it's just just small Linmar. white 
<laughs> high school team at this AU tournament. And we look over and this, this team is just at, they're dunking and their Diamond Stone is like 7-1 and he's doing a reverse dunk. We're like, what in the heck is going on here? Are we in the right tournament? Is that our age division? <laughs> he's like 13 yeah. years old. And granted, I'm seventh grade. I was playing up too. Yeah. So I'm playing up and watching. I'm like, okay, I, am I really fit to be here right now? But yeah, he was. His name was Diamond Stone. He was, you know, he was so big growing up, and he ended up being a pretty good athlete. And I think he went to come into Maryland, but I'm not. I don't know what he's up to now. Hmm. So. Diamond Stone. Well, I'll have to. I bet there's an article or something out there about yeah. it. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. He was a good basketball player. All right. How about uh, at Iowa? If I had to guess, I'm going to say that you're going to say Tyler Cook, but I could be wrong. Yep, that is 100% correct. That guy was a menace. He is – his legs are bigger than this fountain drink dispensary right here. (laughs) I've never never seen someone have bigger legs than he he has. It is – people have seen him in person would say the same exact thing. They're literally tree trunks. Yeah. He had some ferocious dunks. Yeah. Oof. Uh, that's funny that you say that. I went to an Iowa. I was a kicker in high school, believe it or not, and I was actually really good. Yeah. Uh, and I went to an Iowa kicking camp that the coaches put on in Nate Kading, and it was when Bob Sanders was a senior, mm. and Bob Sanders just came out to run around for the heck of it, and that man's neck was unlike anything I had ever <laughs> seen. So when you see some of these athletes in person, yeah. It is different than when they're on TV. Yeah. Holy cow. For sure. And here in a small white yeah. white town, white, white, yeah. white, uh, we're the real white, deal. Yeah. What you see on TV is what you get. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> like, we're from Iowa, so we don't see yeah. this kind of athleticism. And yeah, it's, it's insane. Yep. Incredible. All right. Um, is Brad Davison actually a nice guy? <laughs> because if you pulled 10,000 Iowa fans, 9,900 are going to, he's going to be their most hated. Here's the thing. Their with most him. hated guy. Here's the thing with him. <laughs> and you guys might be friends. No. Well, I don't know what. I'm not really sure what our relationship status <laughs> okay. is right now. Um, he's a very, very, very nice guy off the floor. Yeah. But he is one of the most dirty players I've ever played against. Yeah. And yeah, the tape don't lie. Yeah, the tape doesn't lie. But he doesn't admit it. And yeah. he doesn't think he's dirty. If I'm a dirty player, I'm a I'm a I'm a know I'm a dirty player mm-hmm. and I'm gonna play like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna be one of those guys, I'm gonna come in and get four fouls, and I'm gonna know yep. I'm the dirty player. Yep. I'm not gonna be hide, trying to hide and do sneaky stuff. Like yeah. I think that ruins the game of basketball and that and I've I appreciate for what he did for the state of Wisconsin because he's a Wisconsin kid and sure. he wanted to or he, he's from Minnesota, but I, I consider him a Wisconsin kid because sure. he, he wanted to go to Wisconsin growing up. Because I've known him since all the way back in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've been playing against him, and I know him like he. I know him pretty well off the floor. Great guy, you know. He he believes in God. He's very very Christian, and sure. Um, always had good inter- interactions with him off the floor. But whatever it is whatever <laughs> triggers him on the floor, not I've been, uh, not nice. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I was uh, there was a few times when I whew, I had to hold back some anger watching you guys play Wisconsin. Yeah. But it is what it is. Well, I have a different perspective on it, too, because two of my brothers went to Wisconsin. So yeah. I know exactly what they were taught when they were at Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. You got the inside information. So I had inside information. I knew what to look for. And I know how to call these people out. And now when I go to social media and say exactly what I know they were taught, yeah. <laughs> I'm deemed a like liar and, no, you're wrong. This is not true at all. 
you're completely making this up. You're yeah. fabricating. No, I know because yeah. I have two family members yes. <laughs> that were in that program. <laughs> so I know what they are doing on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Those, you think those people would probably not argue with you, but they must not know. But, yeah. Uh, people, people got to argue on social media, man. <laughs> All right. Um, so I went, I went to UNI. My dream my whole life was to go to the University of Iowa. I took a visit there, just was a little bigger than what I wanted. And I was public relations and marketing in college. You and I had a really good program there. So I went to you and I, uh, your brother, uh, Matt is, mm. was, is in one of the greatest sports memories for me, the Jesperson game. Yep. Unbelievable moment. Uh, first of all, I'd like to put out there when you and I and Iowa played in sports, I cheered for Iowa. My college roommates got very mad at me. Still rooted <laughs> for the Hawks when they played against you and I. Um, but I rooted for you and I every other time. So the Jesperson shot, I go bonkers. Yeah. And I'm saying all that because you and your brothers, do you guys like to compare careers? Do you talk trash? Do you say who had more success or is it just all, is it all love? There, no, there's a lot of trash talking. Yeah. A lot. Um, until I got that Big Ten title championship. Um, <laughs> you got to hear were, it. They were on me nonstop because <laughs> Matt, he won two yep. in his conference. And, you know, before we touch on you and I, then, then Wisconsin, Zach won a went to the final four yeah. and they won a big 10 championship. Jason went to, you know, sweet 16s and won a big 10 championship. Yeah. I didn't go to state in high school. Yeah. All my brothers went to state every single year, went into the final four and they all have state championship rings. So I'm growing up and having like brutal. I'm like, how the how how am I supposed to <laughs> copy that? <Yeah. laughs> so when I got that big 10 championship, like I was like, okay, finally I have something get the monkey off the yeah, back. I have yeah. Something to prove myself here yeah. with my family members, but no, they're great. You know, they have, they've helped me a lot so much in life. And, um, I want to touch on you and I, cause you bring it up yeah. that, that I was, I was in, um, Oklahoma city when that, that run, um, they Jefferson hit that half quarter, yep. full quarter, and then they lost the next game to brutal. I yes. can't. Oh my gosh. That's so brutal. And I it, feel terrible. Yes. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like for your brother playing in it. For me as a fan, it was brutal. I was, I was, I had tears rolling down my face yeah. for Matt because that all, team, that team could have seriously made a run. Yeah, they, they seriously could. Yeah. And all my brother's teams when he was at UNI, they were all. I don't think it's talked about enough in the state of Iowa how good they were. Like very, good, they yeah. were phenomenal. They had some great players: Seth Toto, West Washburn, Paul Jesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, all these guys were so not only gifted athletically and skilled wise, but they were really great team too. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it wasn't talked about enough because they're a lower feeder Iowa team, as mm-hmm. you can say for university. But, um, but going back to Oklahoma city, I had tears rolling down my face for Matt because mm-hmm. he got hurt and he ended up like cracking his like yeah. bone in his leg. And he like uh, sprained his knee and he couldn't go in and, um, at the end of the game. And this said a lot about Matt because the year before, they played Louisville um, in the game before that. They played Louisville in the second round. In the game before that, he tore his uh, his thumb off his Man. ligament. It was hanging off. And they, oh. he had surgery the day after the game. Shooting the next hand? day, um, left hand. Left his, hand, uh, yeah. okay. And the next, the next day, he got surgery. And the next day, they played in the round of 32 when he started and played that game. I think he played like 36 minutes. Amazing. On a cast. And the next, the next year, he had the same thing. He got hurt in the NCAA tournament. Um, and he's, he's literally one of the, we, all my brothers have a special bond. I know I'm ranting a little bit. Hey, go family, for it, buddy. But, People um, are going to love this. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very prideful of my brothers yeah. and how they, how they helped me with my life. Yeah. But 
Matt was, uh, me and him had a special connection. All my brothers, we all have a special connection, but he, him and me are the closest in age. So we feel like we're the most tied to each other on mm-hmm. basketball, basketball wise and kind of on life. And, um, I think so highly of him because he wasn't recruited heavily Yeah. Uh, as you know, Zach went to Wisconsin, Jason went to Wisconsin. I went to Iowa, Matt went to you and I, he's not talked about enough. And he, what he did at you and I was incredible you know, holding a three-point record, and mm-hmm. he was the ultimate team guy, team captain. Anyone that played with Matt would, I know, would say the same things about him and how much he worked hard. Yeah. And, you know, he'd get up at 5.30 in the morning every single day. Every single day he'd get up and shoot baskets. Every single day in college. Like, I did that in high school, and then I was like, okay, I need to protect my body a <laughs> yeah. little bit. He did that every single day in college. And he was just one of the most hard, hard workers ever, and – um, I want to give it a little testament to him because, yeah. I, like I said, I don't think he gives enough credit for those United teams. Dude, it was awesome. Wasn't watch to watch. he? Uh, I don't know if he finished first. He was first or second in the country in three point shooting percentage. Or I think he. Yeah, one, I think his junior year, maybe. I remember. Yeah, that United team, man. That they have a special place in my heart. That's that was kind of the last like good run UNI team that's been for a while and man that was they were a fun one to watch I know and that, that year that final year they weren't even expecting to go into the tournament yeah. they came in conference and they're like 500 and in the, in the conference tournament they're like 500 and mm-hmm. West Washburn hits a buzzer beater in, yep. the, in the Missouri Valley Championship yep. game and it clanks off the back of the rim and it drops yep. straight in <laughs> and I'm going insane and my, my, my dad and mom have beer in their hand they're going insane and my brothers are going insane we're like well, they're going to the NCAA tournament and they're yep. you know, winning in the first round like it was that, was that was a fun year to watch yeah man yeah well that stinks that he went through all those injuries but yeah. that's just a testament to the will of a high level athlete who wants to, any athlete really like you just you want to play so yeah. you'll play through the injuries that's what it comes down to and yeah. i that's just something i prided myself watching him yeah. i dealt with a lot of injuries that weren't disclosed like i i played on a broken foot my last final year like, wow. i had a broken foot in the indian indiana game and i didn't i didn't figure that, that out until after the season and i had to get surgery on my right foot <laughs> um but there's like little injuries like that like not only me but my teammates had that yeah the public we're not going to share that to the public because we don't want the other team to know that. No, exactly. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of cases of that throughout the whole, not only Iowa, but a lot of college teams yeah. out there. Yeah, hearing you say that, it's, it's got to be a reminder to me to not judge someone. <laughs> know that there's always something going on. Right. <laughs> All right. How scary is Fran when he's at FranCon 10? Because that is the reddest face you will ever see. Yeah. he. Uh, it looks scary on TV. Here's the thing with Coach McCaffrey. He is – he gave me a dream to play at my – Yeah dream school or yep. gave me gave me an opportunity to play at my dream school yep. and i lived a childhood dream of mine yep he is someone that will always have a player's back he is someone that you can call no matter of what age you are he will pick up the phone yeah, everyone seems to just yes. love him you will not see a, have a former player you can talk to that will say a bad thing yeah. about him but he is one of the most intense basketball minds in college basketball in basketball in general yeah um i have several i actually have probably i have a whole notes pad on my phone that i have i've saved quotes really through six years of that's being awesome there. and there's so many i'm hoping someday i can share them yeah because you gotta write a book yeah well every single quote <laughs> has a story behind it oh man and that's what makes it so great so, iowa fans would they would that would sell a lot of copies yeah it is <laughs> however it goes out he's a he's a he's a phenomenal man phenomenal yeah. coach and uh can't thank him enough for the opportunity he gave me i Okay, so the last few years, I have had to, I have really had to bite my tongue or stop the thumbs, because 
I feel like Fran gets so unfairly treated on social media when you got Brad. You might know these guys, so you don't have to reply if you don't want. But I see Brad Underwood getting real pissed about stuff. I see a lot of Tom Izzo just freaks out and yells at players and gets mad about stuff. Fran does something, and, like, the national media will, like, blow up about it. And I – I've had to, I've almost gotten in some arguments on Twitter, but I'm like, what, this is going to accomplish nothing. So I don't do it, but I feel like he got so unfairly treated. No, he does. And I I have it out for some of you members and I make that known people that follow me on Twitter. That's what I love. Um, Seth Davis. He's a guy that he's one of them. Yeah. Do not like that guy. And now that I'm getting into a little like social media, like podcasts and stuff, (laughs) I'm not afraid to speak my mind because I know what I'm speaking is true. If I don't know what I'm speaking, I'm not going to speak it. Yeah. So I hold a true fact about Fran. He is not a bad person and he... He's very intense mm-hmm. towards the game of basketball, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if someone else does what he does in the Big Ten, they don't get anything. Mm. So, you know, I made, it known, I made it known a bunch of times throughout my career in press conferences that Fran's been un- poor, he's been poorly treated by – I've, I've, I've sat across from members in, in a press conference before. I've said that you, you guys poorly treat him. He's not this, yeah. this demon that you guys are trying to pose and label yeah. him around. So – Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did that because it irks me. It's, it it's irks crazy. Me. I don't. I don't understand for whatever reason. I, I think uh, there's just way too much negativity in the world. That's what it comes yeah. down to. They want to find yep. the negative and 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 Coach McCaffrey for whatever reason. But I do think I, I do want to talk about this because Coach McCaffrey is someone. He's at a university, University of Iowa. You got to think about how much pressure it is to be a head mm-hmm. coach, not only for the football program but mm-hmm. basketball program, right? Like I was. I was a football school. Sure. Basketball program is just as big because there's not a professional team. There is a yeah. ton of Iowa fans. They have a strong alum base. Yep. But if you struggle a little bit, you get crucified and you're they want they want you out of there as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Taking the University of Iowa head coaching job for whatever sport, major sport, it's it's almost career suicide at a point. Yeah. Because if you don't succeed you know, you're going to get crucified for the rest yeah. of your life because you didn't perform well there. But those fans are going to hit you because you know, this is all they have. Yep. And that's that's incredible because of that. So this is my last point. Because of that, what he's been able to do from the Licklider era to now, and NBA players he's developed, college players he's developed to NBA, and to yep. now where the program is standing, I don't see another coach in the country that could have done that. Yeah. I really don't. Like, you can say all you want. Sweet 16, I get it. I I would have loved to get to the Sweet yeah. 16. I would love to get win a national title. Yep. But it didn't work out. That's okay. But that's a different story. He is a phenomenal coach. And yep. what he's been able to do should be talked about more. Yep. Yeah, we uh, – how quickly for we uh, forget the Todd Licklider year. <laughs> that the, was rough. The, the, uh, was knitting, so rough. knitting in the stands era. Dude, props, major, major props to Matt Gatons. Yep. That guy stuck it out. I, in today's era with like the transfer portal and stuff, I don't know if he would have. That guy, he he was really good, and he stuck it out, and he played through some bad years. As Sometimes I thought he was maybe the only guy who should be out there on the D1 court, but those were some rough years. Yeah. It's well, a lot better now. His legacy almost got tarnished a little bit because of who he was, yeah. the coaching staff at the time, which sucks because he was an Iowa kid yeah. that wanted to play at University of Iowa. Yeah. And he just Four-star got, recruit. Yeah. Yep. He just got dealt a really, really bad hand yeah, he in did. his career. and. Um, I know now he's at the University of Iowa. I mean, it kind yeah. of shows his his. Uh, yep. He always wanted to be around yep. Iowa City, around the University of Iowa, and I think 
that's pretty special to have. And that's yeah. something Fran, one of my talked about earlier, he tries to instill in the guys that come in our campus. Like, sure. These, this is a place you can call home for the rest of your life. Yeah, you bet. Um, so did you and your teammates see the Luca Garza explosion happening? Cause I mean, he, what he averaged, I think 14 a game as a sophomore. So it's not like he kind of came out of nowhere, but he, it was wild. Those last two years of Luca was crazy. Did you guys see that coming? Luca is one of the hardest workers I've been around. The thing with him, he was kind of held back a little bit his freshman year because he had the huge cyst in his belly. Yeah. Like 10 pounds. That story's stick. crazy. Yeah. It's absurd. He could have died. Yeah. He yeah. could have died. And I remember seeing him in the hospital and you know, I was giving him a bunch of crap because uh, I visited him in the hospital after his surgery. And it was me and Ryan Creener and. I was like, Luca, you just had a baby. Congrats. He's like, Jordan, not right now. I'm not in the mood. But no, that just held him back a little bit because, you know, that's 10 pounds heavier in your body. That you, that's hard. That's hard to move around when you have a 10 pound abs, uh, yeah. foreign substance in yep. your body, basically. So uh, I think once he got out of that um, phase of his life and transitioning to sophomore year, junior year, I think he was able to kind of work out a little more and feel a little more comfortable with his body and get a little faster, a little quicker, jump a little higher. And uh, he continued to work throughout his, you know, from freshman, sophomore, junior. He just kept getting better and better and better. And he's yeah. a prime example of just putting in. I told the, the kids that when I did this camp here today in Alta that um, simple things can do extraordinary things. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to do something great, mm-hmm. right? You just do simple things every single day. And it'll add up to something great, mm-hmm. again. and that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, man, that guy. Woo, he seemed like I mean the videos his dad would post, and then the stuff he'd hear. It sounded like he was a crazy worker. Yeah, he and is. I was partial to him. He's one of my all-time favorites because I loved the up and unders and ball fakes as a fellow yeah. white post player. That made <laughs> yeah. me happy. Well, he's got the the hook shot too, like you do. Yep, yes, sir. And that man always was bloody. Yeah, <laughs> he no. was always bloody. I don't know. I don't know what how he got hit in the face more because i took a lot of contact because people would face guard me yeah but now i'm like okay well he's in the post so he's going against like kofi <laughs> he's going against like trace jackson davis like yeah. i get it like you're getting you get an elbow like but then we're going to practice against him and he's doing all the same moves we're like he's elbowing people and <laughs> i was like now we're sitting there we're like luca now we know why you get hit in the face because you are throwing retaliation elbows. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're getting pissed off at you oh man all right, uh, you. We talked about it a little earlier, but I was gonna talk about your faith. Um, how did having a solid foundation in Christ while you're playing? How does that help you as a D1 athlete? Um, you know, because a D1 athlete is a cool life to have, but it's also stressful. There's a lot of demand on your time. Um, you get people constantly hating on you, as you've experienced, whether it's maybe on your way to class or social media or other arenas, and so. Um, how does, you know, having a good faith help you deal with those haters? Um, maybe how does it help you deal with parking meter police? Um, <laughs> talk about that a little. Maybe how your faith helped you deal with um, what Jack went through. You said you have a really special bond with him. You can maybe touch on that. Yeah. I'll start with, uh, I guess, before I even got to Iowa. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good, buddy. My, uh, my brother, Zach, he's uh, – oh, I guess I'll start with my parents. My parents, from day one – you know, we're all confirmed Catholics, and we, we hold a strong religious beliefs. So, mm-hmm. You know, we work hard. We, we believe in the Lord, and we believe in God's plan. You know, good things will happen. You know, you know be nice people. Be kind. You know, just follow what's good in the world, and yeah. good things will follow you. Um, so that's a huge testament to my parents, you know, from day one. You know, getting us into faith is so important. And 
Um, I think that's carried you know huge weight for ourselves as a family, as a whole, staying together, staying loving towards each other, and staying yeah. loving towards other people, and being genuine. Um, but my my brother Zach, to piggyback off off that, my brother Zach went to every single one of my basketball games um, at Iowa, and. I didn't understand at first when I first stepped on foot on campus when he said he was going to do that. Um, and we were at Notre Dame. It was my first career start and kind of sentimental. Like, <laughs> and he Dame. was there? Zach was there. Okay. And this was, he already attended my first game, so he didn't commit yet. Um, I got a little ahead of myself in that story. So I yeah. stepped foot on campus, and you know, Zach was telling me how he's planning to go to some of my games at the beginning of the year. Sure. Um, and then I'm, I'm telling him how I, you know, I might have a chance to start here at Notre Dame. And, you know, he, I remember him sending me this long test mes- text message about, you know, Notre Dame, a huge Catholic school, right? You know, where my family's Catholic. Yeah. This is my first career start. This is at my dream school. Um, what better place for me to start yeah. really my college career at than, you know, the Mecca of, yeah. you know, religious for Catholics yeah. in the United States. So my brother came to that game, and I remember him telling me after the game, like, I'm planning to be there for the rest of your rest of your career Man, be that's amazing. Single game. I didn't know how he was going to do it and I didn't know why and that okay. why was the big reason you know my belief in the Lord and his plan because he at me at my at my end of my career I guess I'll say this first after my sophomore year or during my sophomore year after Maryland game I played horrible I was getting crucified on Twitter Sure. And, you know, I, I was staying active on social media because I think there's joy in it. And I, I've met so many great people on it. I've met, I met you through social yeah. media. Like, it, there's great positives to it. Yep. But I was getting crucified on social media. And um, I was looking at my phone on at the bench. And we're waiting for our plane. It, got, it actually got, like, hit on the tarmac. So we got, like, delayed. Oh, dang. Yeah, we got, like, delayed. So we had to wait in the <laughs> arena. And my brother, Zach, always stuck around for my games and talked to me about Anything other than basketball. That sure. was his main goal. Anything other than basketball. And I never understood that. And then we're sitting down and we start talking a little more and he starts letting me know, you know, why he's here. You know, because he sees me scrolling through Twitter and I haven't said anything to him, but he knows I'm dejected. And he's like, you know, you, do you realize why I'm here, right? And I didn't understand it. And he's like, I've been through this process. I know how hard being in the spotlight is. You yeah. have to be on your best behavior 100%. Yeah. And if you're not you're going to get crucified for it. If you don't play your best game, you're going to get crucified for it. And all these people out there, there's a lot of people that are jealous of you and they're going to say all these nasty things to you. And he understood that. And my brothers understood that. And that was his main goal for him being there for me to have that pressure off my shoulders after games, to Mm. talk about life, talk about things that are happening in the world that are bigger than basketball. That's awesome. And that was a huge, another eye opener to, you know, believing you know, in Jesus Christ and understanding our God, God's plan and understanding our path forward in life isn't, you know, basketball isn't everything to me, but it's not everything to me. Mm-hmm. Basketball made me who I am, but it's not who I am. Yeah. Right? It's taking me places because of ba- basketball's taking me places because of it, but there's bigger things in life that it has taught me. And yeah. that ball is going to stop rolling at some point, and I have to answer to him at some point. Yep. And, you know, only way for me to answer, you know, to my – know best behavior to all the things that to 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 um continue in the afterlife is getting better every single day and that's what zach wanted to have me believe in and um that right there was huge for me to get through college because people aren't nice in this world a lot of them are there is a lot of good people but there's a lot of bad people out there and 
Um, without him there, I don't know if I could have been able to, you know, mentally survive that atmosphere because mm-hmm. it is a grind. It is a dogfight every single day. And if you are not on top of your game, it is going to be one heck of a day the next day. Because there, there is days, man, where I would wake up our sophomore year. We were horrible. We were like 14 and 19 that year. And we were like 2-8 and eight in the Big Ten. And it's mid-season in the conference. And I'm laying on my bed and my 9.30 alarm clock you know, alarms for my class. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I'm not going to class. And that wasn't a thing that... Like I wanted to skip. It was a thing because I didn't want to see people. I didn't want yeah. to be on the public to all eyes are on you. Know, you. I didn't want people looking at me like, "You guys suck." Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I didn't want to deal with that. And that Maryland trip was a huge eye opener for me, and that that made me be okay with failing, really. Yeah. And that failure has led up to you know being able to you know break some records and hit some buzzer beaters. Yeah, stuff like that has to. So I'm. I think you've been on the washed up walk-ons, right? Yeah. So I was listening to them the other day and they were talking about how that their season they had where they went undefeated and were playing in the big 10 title game. And, you know, he said, you're walking around campus. Everyone sees you wearing the Iowa sweats. They know who you are. And like, when you start winning, you become like a celebrity. But then they were talking about some bad years when it's like, they felt like everyone hated them. Mm-hmm. Like they'd hear comments and stuff, stuff like that. What you're talking about, how you didn't want to go to class and face people because you're having a bad year. Those like bad seasons like that, probably help build the brotherhood and the team bond even more because it's like we're kind of all we got because we know that you know we're not going to talk trash about each other we got each other's back and stuff and that's probably helps you know i would assume build your bond as a team which then makes the more successful seasons even more fun probably exactly yeah you hit a nail on nail on the head and coach McCaffrey was big on uh like he would instill (coughs) that year he's like no one gives a f about you. Yeah, like he's like obviously him yeah. being him. He he had a lot of fantastic <laughs> quotes, but he's like no one gives a f about you. Like it's just your family, your teammates here, yep. and we're your family. So it's really all all you got is your family. Yeah, and we learned that the hard way. Like the off season, the off season sucked our sophomore my, into my junior year because we didn't want to go anywhere. We didn't want to show our face. We everyone knew knows who you are. Like football is a little different because no one really knows. You're a lot of helmet. the football players, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I always, I always tell the football players that, like, plus man, they're not all six eight. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was I'm only <laughs> six one, so. <laughs> but um, I always I always get into it with the football players that I know. Like, you, you guys, it, who cares if you guys lose? Like, no one knows who you yeah. are. Like, you guys wear a helmet all yeah. the time. Like, we show our body the whole game, yeah. and they have Zoom close yeah. up after we foul out of a game. And oh, they yeah. go right up to your face, and they have your name right there. Yep. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, this, it's the same situation. Like you don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to show your face. You don't want to be in public. You don't want people saying anything because that just adds to the whole weight on your shoulders. Like, man, there, there, if there's this many many people that care on this campus. How am I gonna ex, you know, exceed those expectations? Mm-hmm. Like people just want more from you, and they want more and more. And that when that more is not enough, they want more from that, and it just continues to get higher and higher and higher. Just like. COVID year, we we played in the COVID year. Yep, we were uh, a number two seed. We played Grand we played Grand Canyon, and um, you know we played a, we had a phenomenal um, season, right up into the yep. up into our round of thirty two game. And stupid Oregon, we ended, yeah, we ended up losing. Um, but that year, we just felt like you know we weren't expected to play because of COVID, and then. We, and people found out that we could play by getting tested every single day. People want us to play, so they wanted more from that. Then we started winning. They're like, oh, we can win a uh, Big Ten title. 
we didn't we were close to doing that so they wanted a national title like you yep. know what i'm saying like it kept spiraling yeah, yeah. it just kept building we're like man this is just people need really to temper tough. their expectations yeah well it, it's okay with having just it, having enjoy the ride yeah right well i agree to an extent like you should have expectations in life sure. and goals but I, i'm just saying from a perspective of an athlete it can it can build heavy on those guys shoulders for sure, sure. yeah um do you did that have any your faith have anything to do with like your relationship with Jack or helping him out with what yeah. he went through? You said you guys had a pretty special bond. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that back up. Like, so me and Jack, Jack, people that don't know Jack Nunji, he he has dealt with some of the hardest hardships someone could ever go through in life. Especially, um, you shouldn't have to go through that when you're 20. No, not at all. Yeah, um, he you know got hurt. His dad passed away. He went through a COVID year. You know, he got hurt again. And that second injury, um, I, I ended up getting my hip surgery. So we rehabbed together that whole year. And, you know, I was always a, I was a huge believer in, of Christ at the time. And um, I didn't think I could get any bigger in my faith. And then I, me and Jack became best friends. And you know, I was just in his wedding last, last, last May. And we still talk about it to this day. Like our bond that we had at that, you know, five month stretch when we had nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we couldn't go home because we're mid-season. It was just, I guess it was three of us: our athletic trainer, me, yeah. and him. <laughs> and that was our that was our little family. And we would spend hours when we were trying to, you know, get our muscles back to what it should be after surgery. And you know, we're crying on the athletic table together, and we're like realizing like how much of a struggle this really is to try to get back. You know, he was dealing with ACL, I was dealing with the hip surgery, and he he was around like a twelve-month recovery, and I was around a nine-month recovery. So we're kind of on the same. Sure. Timeline, and we're swimming together, and we're almost throwing up in the pool because we just <laughs> we don't we can't really swim that well. We're basketball players. <laughs> He's six eleven, and I don't like water that best. But um, no, we built a really special bond, and you know I think that that that's a bond that it's hard to come by because mm-hmm. that was a bond that was built by our dark times. Yeah, and that's why I hold that friendship so true because we dealt with so much at that five month span. And it created a, a friendship that will last for the yeah. rest of our life. Yeah, that's, man, would have loved to see it in the black and gold. But his season last year, I was I was pumped for him. He's he, the man. He tore it up at Xavier. Yep. And now he's in the summer league with yeah. the Detroit Pistons. That's awesome. Yep. I hope I hope that he gets to play basketball for a lot of years. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's a great dude. All right. So you're currently with a few more things here than I'll take. Uh, you've given me more than enough of your time. <laughs> you're good, dude. You're good. Uh, currently, you're with the Iowa Wolves of the G League. You're also a podcaster with Iowa Everywhere, uh, which I absolutely love. Some great <laughs> podcasts on there, including yours. Appreciate it. Um, how of all, uh, you know, how's all that going? What's the outlook for the future look like uh, with basketball and podcasting and stuff like that for you? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Like. Um Anytime someone really asks me to do podcasts, I'm pretty willing if I have time to do it. I, I like talking to people. I like getting yeah. to sit down and meeting people and sharing my stories and having them share their stories as well. You know, I think that just builds kind of a, a genuine conversation when you're able to yeah. get deep that quick. And um, I think it's awesome. But, you know, I, it's funny the Iowa Everywhere stuff. It kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, me and Chris Williams, who runs Iowa Everywhere, is a big Iowa State yeah. guy. I reported on Iowa State for like, you know, 25, 30 years. And, we just kind of built a, a, a kind of a unique relationship because, you know, I was always anti-Iowa State oh, yeah. through Iowa, obviously, and he was always anti-Iowa because he was Iowa State. Yeah. So um, 
um, we kind of started talking after my last game in Iowa State, and I gave an interview, and I was just giving credit to TJ and their staff, and I, I'm assuming a lot of people thought I was going to you know, throw some shade, and you know, I was kind of being most respectful I can because I TJ recruited me, and I thought they had done a great job with their program so sure. far, and it was a great game. You know, they beat us flat out, fair and square. Mm-hmm. So I gave that type of interview, and um, he kind of reached out to me, and we kind of stayed connected. And he reached out in the summer, and he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast with you and uh, one of my Iowa State guys that does Cyclone Fanatics." I'm like, "Are you sure this is a good chemistry mix? Like, do you think <laughs> that will work out?" He's like, "Yeah, you guys would be great." So we're really throw into like the ring of fire, like us two. Yeah. We, we literally met like couple days before we did our first podcast and we just hit it off it was just great he's a great dude jared sansbury yeah um it's been a lot of fun but i'm not sure what my future is with iPod or with uh podcasting in the future sure. it's been it's been fun i like talking i like sharing my stories yeah and, um i like to you know share wealth and knowledges that i've had and whether it's with the guests or whether i come on another show as well yeah um the g the g league with the wolves is this uh I mean, I guess what's basketball? Is this something you want to do for another decade? Basketball? Yeah. Or are you trying to look to go overseas? You like playing locally like this? Yeah, I think um, I, part of me wants to go overseas. Um, I'm starting to get a little interest. The interest kind of starts for overseas team. Like Euro Euro League just got done like two weeks ago. Yeah. So a lot of teams are getting interested with a lot of these guys that you know played in the NBA G League, played in the NBA, and they want to come over. Guys that have been in the Euro League already. So interest will start flowing in these next couple of weeks and I'll see kind of where, you know, if it's good money or if it's good a country, I might sure. pursue it a little more, but the G league was fun this year. You know, I learned a lot and you know, I was playing with guys like Emmanuel Moody. Yeah. who's a lottery pick in 2016. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he's made like $15 million. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fun to share, to, to have him share his knowledge with me and learn more about the game of basketball. Like Matt Ryan, who was a Los Angeles Laker, he came and got on a two-way. So yeah. Luca being there, there's a lot of great guys. P.J. Dozier was in the NBA. So it's been fun. Um, it's obviously a positive being in Des Moines, being around a lot yeah, of Iowa for fans. Sure. So um, just see where the ball takes me. I'm not really sure yet. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm done playing yet. Yeah. And I know I played this game long enough. I know when that day will come. I, I feel like once that hits, I'll be I'll be yeah. done for sure. Well, we played one on one. I think you still got it. <laughs> I might not be the greatest competition, but <laughs> 36 years old and horribly out of shape. Hey, but I think you still got it. You gave up a good fight. Yeah. A you lot did. of people are shocked by a guy my size being this athletic. A little <laughs> self plug. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, two more things I want to end here with. Do you have. Okay. So. The main theme of the Backroads and Bonfires podcast, we do drafts, Mount Rushmore's lists of a lot of 90s culture stuff or current culture stuff. But I have a Mount Rushmore of my all-time basketball movies. Do you have one or do you have an all-time favorite? Because I I can give you mine. I'll just do all-time favorite because I could not pick like a three or five. Mm -hmm. Um, Hoosiers is without a doubt number one. That's my number one. Yep. It's a – Hoosiers is one. It's a close between Hoosiers and Blue Chips. Dude, that's one two for me. That's one. Yes, really? that's one two for me. Blue Chips is an all time. It's so good. So good. Yeah, my one is Hoosiers, two Blue Chips, three He Got Game, four. A lot of people forget about it. The Sixth Man. Sixth Man. That's a great one. <clears throat> it's yep. so good. Yep. That's yeah. a great one. Gosh, we got a lot in common, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Blue Chips is man. That's so good. It, that's like the testament. If you know if. You ask them if they know the movie Blue Chips. If they're if they say yes, they're yeah. they're a true basketball fan. Yep. <laughs> Chris, Shaq, Chris Mullen, Penny Hardaway. Yeah. What a time! All right. Um, 
do you have an all-time starting five, like all-time basketball starting five, NBA or whatever? I mean, Kobe for sure, Michael for sure. The other three is where whoever you say you get you get killed by someone yeah. who doesn't have them in their top yeah. five. Um, I mean, I have to. I probably have to say Bill Bill Russell, Kareem. You a LeBron guy? I'm not a LeBron guy. Oh man, Magic. I would have to say he's good. God, there's it's so hard it is so hard to pick between generations of sure. athletes mine is kareem <clears throat> larry bird lebron mj and i'm gonna throw kobe in there someone can lebron can put the point yeah kobe is probably my all-time favorite athlete uh that was just a devastating day when he passed away i'm i'm a massive lakers fan mm-hmm. i get sick and tired of my friends telling me i'm a bandwagon fan when i've liked them since i was four <laughs> I started liking them because of Vladi Divac. Yeah, I remember Vladi Divac. Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, and all those guys back in the day. I'm a huge Lakers fan. So Kobe, love Kobe. But I'm a, I'm, I think LeBron, MJ can go back and forth. You might not like that. I'm a LeBron guy. Yeah, I'm not a LeBron guy. Yeah. The thing with me, I appreciate his I, greatness. I, I, I'm with you there. I like MJ's mentality a little more, I'd say. Yeah. I feel yeah. that. I think LeBron, they're just different. Like LeBron's more... He's he's a he's a facilitator, right? He's yeah. not like he can score the ball, but Michael yep. was he's getting a bucket. Yep. I mean, no one's stopping him. No matter what. It doesn't yep. matter. So the one athlete that I think is I don't know if he gets talked about enough. Uh, and he's in the Hall of Fame, so it's not like he's underrated, but I don't think John Stockton gets talked about yeah. enough. I played he against He has his, some uh, crazy stats. Yeah, I played against his son actually. Oh, yeah, was that yeah. in Sioux Falls? Was he on the team in Sioux Falls? No. Uh, when you guys played Gonzaga? No, he's old. Okay. He's older than that. Uh, uh, but yeah, he was. I played against him in the G League last okay. year. Okay. So oh, kinda, nice. Yeah, it's kind of he plays just like his dad. <laughs> of course. Identical to him. Yeah. He has like 16 assists like against us. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got, man. Uh, I mean, I could talk to you for another hour and a half, but you got places to be. Yeah, I appreciate so, your time. So yeah, I. This this means a lot to me as a huge Hawkeye fan. It's awesome to get to talk to you. It means a lot to me that you take the time for a podcast with just a few hundred followers. Always. Hopefully to be a few hundred thousand someday. I love it. So whenever whenever you want me on, I'm down. Yeah. So All right. and I, to reach out. I promise I will not give out your phone number to anyone. <laughs> I trust you. Yeah. I'll now put that... it under a code name. <laughs> I've sat with you for like an hour now, so I, I trust you that you won't do much. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, that was a lot of fun. Appreciate you coming on, bud. And uh, we'll talk again, hopefully in the future sometime. Sounds good.